Hello and welcome back to Cast Iron, a podcast all about heavy metal. I am Alan Williamson and I'm joining you from the land down under. Hey! Uh, hey! Um, <laughs> and I'm joined by Lewis Clark. Lewis, how's it going on the other side of the world? <laughs> not too bad, fella, not too bad. I've had, a, I've had a week off because it's half term over here and I work in a school now, so I get those off. Um, so yeah, it's been nice and chill. Um, been quite catching up with friends, been doing some bits and pieces on my own went to see thor yesterday it was good fun so yeah oh is this the Rag ragnarok that's the one yeah yeah good film really fun really fun i, I was listening to our uh bellicor episode yesterday okay and uh what i liked was you going this is the second in a two-part uh, podcast <laughs> and I was like, hmm. yeah fair few months between the two of those so i do apologize for that guys um but yeah it's it's just one of those things isn't it sometimes i just uh my career gets up with me a little bit and i haven't got the time as much to uh, edit well there things. were well there were several mitigating circumstances with the last episode yeah um i was packing up my stuff and moving halfway around the world that's and the thing isn't done it? that yep, yep. and i'm now halfway around the world so obviously that was a big change yeah um and Australia is very warm. I think it's the, the warmest I've ever been. It was about <laughs> 35 degrees yeah, a couple of weeks imagine. ago. Yeah. And um, we, so I, whenever I lived in Oxford, I used to just cycle and get public transport everywhere. Yep. Um, but now we're driving Jess's car, which is a 1991 Toyota Corolla. Okay. <laughs> um, it does have air conditioning, but she has assured me that if you turn it on, the car will struggle and start to cry. So, um, <laughs> so, what, so what you have to do... Um, on a 35 degree day as you move from the train station to the car you get in and you hope that you get moving fast enough <laughs> that the air will get sucked through the car and uh and cool you down but it is um just hang your head out the window odd. just do the dog thing <laughs> well we're coming we're coming back to the uk at christmas um for my brother the, the brother who recorded our uh theme tune yep uh, it's his, it's his wedding just before christmas so we're going from what'll be 35 40 degree days to about five degree days <laughs> yeah yeah so um yeah you're, you're gonna catch colds very quickly basically is what's gonna happen there <laughs> yeah well, i won't be used to all the the british diseases and then i'll come back to australia and i'll get all the australian diseases <laughs> there you go Oh god! <laughs> but it's been um, we've had a really good few months. Um, Excellent. I, I've managed to get a. This is me. Like obviously, you know all this. I'm just filling in the listeners. Yeah, I guess. yeah. yeah. Um, um, I'm on a working holiday visa, but we've just applied for a partner visa, and my intention is to settle here long term. Yep. We've seen some good bands. We saw Haken a couple of weeks ago. I've seen that you've Sydney. been to plenty of gigs. Yeah, yeah. You've been to more gigs yeah. than I have. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it's. I guess. Um, Whenever bands come out here, you know, you, you really want to support them because, like, Haken are a British band, but yeah, I've never yeah. seen them in Britain. Yeah. And we've seen Haken. Who else did we see? Um, the Smith Street Band, Luca Brassi, here an interesting um, Tasmanian rock band. Yep. Um, so we've seen quite a few acts, and we've got, we're going to Prague Fest in January. Oh, wow. Uh, and the, head, the headliners are Leprous. Wow. Okay. So that'll be that'll be the second time I've seen them. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And they'll be absolutely phenomenal if they're anything like last time I saw them. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're also going to see Neobliviscaris um, next February. Yep. Um, so their new album came out yesterday. Oh, cool! Right. And yeah, yeah. Um, I've listened to about half of it, and it was in work. I was like, I don't know, mailing envelopes at the time, and I was like, this is a good first half, mm-hmm. but um, I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. So the the music scene in Sydney is interesting because. Um, I've said before about a couple of Aussie bands, Bellacore, yeah, Neo, yeah. or two of them, and they they tend to be based out of Melbourne, and Melbourne is more of that scene. But because Australia is such a big country, and it's so far away. Yeah. Whenever bands tour here, they tend to play Perth and Adelaide and Sydney and Melbourne. Yeah, so yeah. 
as long as you're in one of those big urban centres, and, and possibly Brisbane as well, as long as you're in one of those big urban centres, you've got a good chance to see a lot of bands. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, the other one we just booked the other day was that Incubus are playing next year. Oh, I know okay. you're not a massive, yeah, you're not yeah. a massive fan of, but I've never seen them live, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Oh, I mean, I, you've got to make use of what you can, you know. So that's the thing, I, isn't it? Like, so, <laughs> yeah, you gotta gotta take take your head sweet and get them. That's it. But. So, yeah. um, so uh, th- things are going well in the music scene, and things are going good on the, the live scene. So it's been a good change so far. The, the visa paperwork's been pretty stressful. Had to like list all of my uh, all of my um, places I've lived in the past ten years, oh, right, places okay. I've visited, yeah, countries outside the UK. I was like, Jesus, <laughs> I don't know if I can remember all this. And then yeah, there's yeah. weird ones like we went we went skiing last January. It's yeah, like, yeah. Do I write Switzerland because that's where we landed? Yeah, Do I yeah. write France? That's where we were. Um, so yeah, if you if you come here, do it through citizenship or holiday because the, the visa paperwork's a nightmare. <laughs> Fair enough. But there you is, go. Man, speaking from experience. The, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but if anybody has any um, partner visa questions, don't contact me. I don't want to hear about it. <laughs> Enough um, of that. But anyway, we are we are not here to talk about my visa woes. Mm. Uh, we're here to talk about today's album, um, which is a, a new avenue for us, perhaps. Yeah. Um, and that album is Lincoln Park's Meteora. So new metal then, yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'd say, I like. I want to say that this is the first time we've really spoken about new metal on the podcast, but it would have been the second time if we didn't lose that baby metal episode that we did. Um, ah, so. well, okay. Because I, I also thought this is the second time. But okay. Well, I was thinking of when we covered Iowa. That's a fair point. Yeah, but I feel like Iowa. It's interesting that you talk about that actually, because that sort of links into my first experience with Linkin Park in a weird way. Um, mm-hmm. So when I first heard Linkin Park, I'd actually so I had a friend in high school who used to sort of rip and burn me CDs, which uh, you know obviously don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We all we all had a friend <laughs> like that. We all had a friend. Um, like and that. one of the first ones he gave me was Iowa by Slipknot, and I remember that being a really challenging listen at first because it was like. Yeah. It's an incredibly dense, heavy record, um, and yeah, not <laughs> quite standoffish in a weird way. And then on, on after that, he then gave me Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park, and then it started to sort of click. It's like, okay, you know, this is just pop music, but it's heavier. Um, I can get on with this. It's not, you know, it's not going a hundred miles an hour. <laughs> it's not as dense, yep. you know. Yep. Um, so that was my first introduction to Linkin Park, and I feel like that mirrors an awful lot of people of my generation's experience with Linkin Park is that they're sort of uh, their, yeah. the f- their first heavy band or like a, a, a gateway band into heavier things um, that definitely feels uh, like a very similar experience th- with a lot I of I think people. for me yeah that definitely would have been so mm. my first experience of Linkin Park was I'm quite surprised to remember this actually mm. it was um, was that my friend 
James's house, who probably doesn't listen to this. But, um, um, it was a friend of mine from primary school, and we kind of kept in touch if yeah. we went to different high schools. And we were at his house once, and his sister had um, one of the Now That's What I Call Music albums. Right, okay. And it had, uh, it had Paper Cut and Disc 2. Okay. Don't know if, you're, uh, don't know if you've heard much of the, the Now albums, but basically Disc 1 is always the middle-of-the-road beige pop, and right. Disc 2 is the more weird stuff. Okay. Um, so it, it, had, it had a bit of, like, Linkin Park and probably Limp Bizkit and Papa Roach and that kind of stuff. Right, so, right. Um, I think probably the first rock album that I got off a burned off a friend was probably was probably Papa Roach's Incest. Yeah, Infest. Not Incest. Infest. <laughs> That's a different album. Oh, a different album. Freudian uh, slip was, there, yeah. buddy. God. So, <laughs> Amazing. Um, that's bad. I, I do quite like Infest. So it, was, it was Infest, and it was also um, Limp Bizkit's uh, Chocolate Starfish yep, and the yep. Hot Dog Flavored Water, which yep. we're not going to talk about um, and, and, uh, because it's embarrassing. Um, but um, I saw Linkin Park, one of the first bands I ever saw live, because I saw Metallica in 2003. Okay. Um, and they were supported by Linkin Park and The Darkness. Right. Okay. Wow. Bloody hell. And the darkness is still touring. Daniel went to see them the other week. I love the darkness. I want to say guilty pleasure, but I just I just love the darkness. So they're not really. <laughs> no, I, don't, I don't think I don't think there's anything guilty about liking the darkness. Yeah, they're just good fun. Um, but definitely, uh, Lincoln Park is going to be a gateway band for a lot of people of our generation. Yeah, yeah, um, haven't spoken to Jess very much, so this album very much so. But we yeah. should talk a bit about what new metal is because it's quite. It's quite a controversial, elitist, slightly snobby thing. Um, yeah, yeah, and and, and, and that sort of um, th- it's bizarre because that sort of uh, mirrors people's opinions of Linkin Park, I think, as well. Actually, um, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so so new metal. Then I feel I feel like new metal starts with Corn, um, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. and it's basically sort of like a marriage of down-tuned heavy guitars and hip hop and funk. Now. Yep. The funk side of things is 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 kind of lost as the genre sort of uh, evolves. Uh, if you listen to a Linkin Park album, in particular, there is no sort of semblance on that. It's more the hip hop side that you get interspersed Definitely. With, the, with the heavy um, music. Because it, it, it's coming off bands like, I guess, uh, Faith No More, Primus, Mr. Yeah. Bungle, that kind of stuff. That's where yeah. the funk aspect comes yeah, from. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I was, in, I was in the gym yesterday yeah. um, run, running to this, which is the, t- the test of every metal album. <laughs> and... I was hammering into my phone some notes about what new metal was like, and I did it before I went on to Wikipedia. Mm. And I had written um, simple, polished, rap and decks, electronic, vaguely emo lyrics, no <laughs> solos. <laughs> I think that's not, and that's not a that's not a bad way of coming at it. No, Certainly, no, no. At all. It is. It's much more simple than what you associate with heavy metal. There yeah, are yeah. Pretty much no guitar solos. You yep. might get a catchy, catchy riff, but it tends to be quite a lot of power chords. You know, down tuned, as you've said. Yep. Tends to have pretty slick production, yeah, rather yeah. than something a bit, you know, like this kind of classic thrashy stuff, and mm. or, or something like um, the Strapping Young Lad album we covered. Yeah, yeah, is it much messier production compared to something like Linkin Park? Yeah, um, yeah. very, very much a hip hop influence. There's there's rapping in that. There's usually somebody spinning decks, which yeah, is yeah. weird because you know that's that's generally like a transitional thing for a DJ, it's not just a, an instrument. But yeah, anyhow, yeah. Um, there's often electronic elements like beats and kind of strange <laughs> effects. Yep. Um, and the lyrics do tend to be, um, there's a lot of metal stuff, you know, stereotypically. So like, you know, Satan and death and stuff like that. And, um, or in the case of Megadeth, you know, canned hunts and alien conspiracies. <laughs> but with, with, with new metal, there's, oh, we have to do Megadeth sometime. Um, with um, new metal, it tends to be quite 
introspective it's all about feelings and oh your mom and your dad hate you yeah. so, and and i think that, that that's probably part of why people like could identify with it now we'll talk more about it but i think meteor is a, a very honest portrayal of that yeah in a way that other bands like papa roach and and infest not incest probably yeah. aren't yeah yeah and uh, or something like Limp Bizkit, which is just well, misogynist nonsense, is what? what springs to mind. But yeah, yeah, there you go. So, um, but that that to me encapsulates what it's like, um, and, it, and because it is a, a more simple mainstream kind of thing, I think that's firstly why people didn't like it in the first place, especially established metal musicians. But also, I think that's why it's ran out of steam. Yeah, because it wasn't there wasn't really anywhere to take it. No, absolutely. It's quite a limiting genre to find yourself in. Like you say, you basically encapsulated it in a few words there. And, uh, <laughs> you know, that, that doesn't really, you know, bode well for if someone who wanted to build a career on it. Um, which <laughs> no, is, no. Well, which is why I think Linkin Park kind of moved away from it after this record in particular. Absolutely. Because so, I think yeah. this, so Meteora, is, so their first album was Hybrid Theory. Yep. Which came um, out in which 2000, was, I think. Um, yeah, yeah. Yeah. October yeah, that time. Yep. Yeah, and it's one of the it's probably one of the biggest selling debut albums of all time. Yeah, thirty million sold. Um, yeah, so it's it, it was a, a massive album, and Meteora is very much Hybrid Theory Part Two. It is. It's a continuation of that sound, and they never really returned to it. And I think the reason why they don't is because they basically exhausted what they could do in those two albums. Yeah, without yeah. repeating themselves over and over. Um, yeah. and they're they're not they're not the only band who was very new metally that changed this. Like Limp Bizkit faded into obscurity. Papa Roach became more of a mainstream rock band yep. corn doing a similar kind of thing um corn the corn always stood out as their own thing i think because mm-hmm. if 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 corn sounded like anybody else it would it would be weird you know and and when corn have experimented <laughs> i think that's where they've really sort of lost their way um corn sounding like corn is what you want basically because <laughs> um, they're so unique there's nobody else that sounds like corn and when people like Cold Chamber, for instance, very much were quite influenced by Corn to the point that mm-hmm. they kind of just sound like a clone, um, which is not something you want to come across as, I think, in any sort of uh, in any no. sort of musical endeavour. You've got a, you've really got to strive to sound unique. Um, but I think where they so where the where the snobbery bit comes in, and I, and I think artistically, mm. you could definitely say it's not as interesting as other genres of like other subgenres of yeah, metal. Yeah, yeah. I think that, that that's okay and. Um, I think I wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily call bands like Slipknot new metal. And I think what happened is that all of these new metal bands, mm, yeah. as in NEW metal bands, all get mm. wrapped up into this new metal brush. Yeah, Even, yeah. And so here are some bands that Wikipedia lists under new metal. Okay, go for it. Um, so we got I'm kind of I'll put I'll put these in order of um, you won't mind too much to you'll be shocked and offended. Um, so we have got stuff like uh, Mudvayne. I'd probably consider more groovy. Yep. Um, Fear Factory. No. Um, Incubus. Maybe. One, on maybe, maybe, maybe science. Yeah, maybe science, yeah. but not only. Um, Rammstein. No. Okay, here's where it gets really weird. Um, a Perfect Circle. Right, so I've never listened to A Perfect Circle. I've always assumed there's some sort of weird goth metal band. No, they're a bit like Till. It's, um, oh, okay, so it's pro- progressive metal then. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, um, Carna- Carnival. No. Or, uh, like, absolutely not. Yeah. And, uh, and here's the best one. Duran Gray. Oh, fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping you'd have that reaction. Oh, Jesus. And so I think any band that became vaguely popular in this space just gets lumped into yeah. this new metal category. And that's where part of the confusion arises. So I, I, was, I, I remember... New metal was yeah. a movement at the time, limited to a few bands. And like Slipknot, I wouldn't say are, are a, a new metal band. No, no. Like, not really. 
They're no. much they're much more extreme. They're not that mainstream simplified sound. Okay, there's a bit of rap esque delivery and a bit of electronic stuff, but not not in the same way. No, no, not at all. Um, and yeah, I, I, you're you're very yeah. You, you've hit the nail on the head there because I do remember it. There's another band in particular that I uh, I used to love when I was first getting into heavy music was Earth Tone Nine, who are another sort of progressive metal band, but because of where they were and when they were releasing records they got lumped in with uh, the the uh, new metal scene quite a, quite a lot as well which is a shame because um yeah i, I th- don't think that does them any ser- uh, service at all but um yeah strange old period this one isn't it um it's it's very much uh, a genre of its time i don't think it really sort of lasted any be- beyond sort of 2005 really it's very an early early 2000s late 90s sort of uh era of music in you know in the heavy in the heavy vein um it's a good gateway yeah. drug though it is a good gateway drug and i feel like 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 we've already mentioned linkin park are very much that band for an awful lot of people of our generation um a band that m- maybe their music isn't particularly progressive it's very like you say it's quite simplistic it's very much following that pop song structure but it's yeah. just there's there's a bit more you know weight to it a bit more heft it's it's a heavy it's a he- it, it is heavy music regardless and these first i think i think, first... it's, I think it's safe to say new metal is like heavy heavy pop music yeah the pop, yeah. the pop side of, of metal mm, absolutely and um yeah and their first two albums definitely sort of uh, encapsulate their heaviest moments um so the reason why we we've picked meteora instead of hybrid theory is i think it's Despite the fact that it is a very large-selling album, uh, I think this one's got 27 million sales as, as opposed to 30 for Hybrid Theory. Every everybody's got an opinion on Hybrid Theory. Like you can, I'm sure you can put Linkin Park into um, iTunes podcast and uh, find enough people speaking about Hybrid Theory to, uh, for the cows, you know, till the cows come home. So we wanted to deal with Meteora because it is essentially the last time that Linkin Park are really a traditional metal band, I suppose. Um, yeah, and and when they're at their peak, yeah, absolutely. Meteora is almost like a companion piece to Hybrid Theory. It's very much uh, an, yeah, ev- an an evolution or an extension of their songwriting on the previous record, and just sort of refines the ideas. And um, I still think it's probably the stronger record, personally. But we'll get. Uh, let's. I'll save final thoughts until we've actually yeah, gone through the actual <laughs> album. So. But um, it's yeah, it's it's so that's sort of the background, I guess, of Linkin Park and uh, where we are at this moment. So uh, Meteora came out in two thousand three, um, March two thousand three. So yeah, three years, well, just under th- uh, just under three years off the back of Hybrid Theory, um, and it very much is, like I say, an extension of that pop metal sound that they were, you know, that they championed so early on and basically are known for. Um, so, I suppose we should kick things off then, eh? Yeah, let's get cracking. Uh, so we're going to skip forward, which is 13 seconds of instrumental. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it's so irrelevant, you can't scrubble it on Last FM. God. <laughs> oh, oh, wow. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, no, songs so need to be 30 it. seconds or longer. For you to have to <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll go to the first track then. Uh, so this is uh, Don't Stay. Sometimes I need to remember just to breathe. Sometimes I need you to stay away from me. Sometimes I'm in disbelief I didn't know Somehow I need you to go Don't stay Forget our memories Forget our past 
so don't stay god um so the f- it this feels like it should have been a single and it's not which is bizarre such a rocking opener awesome riff um and it's just it, it again it just encapsulates everything that you want from a Linkin Park song it's heavy it's memorable it's catchy um and one of the things that i totally sort of forget which i really love about Linkin Park is they've got these awesome sort of breakdowns where Chester will sort of uh deliver a certain line and then it just sort of allows things to get even more down tuned and a bit uh bit metally so um in this one in particular it's the uh i don't need you anymore line and then it just we just get a lovely great big chuggy riff i don't need you anymore i don't want you being ignored i don't need one more day of you wasting me away um oh just what a so cracking we, opening so song we could we could we could talk about some of the maybe we should talk about some of the essentials because then we yeah. can talk about because quite because uh, to be fair quite a few of these songs do sound similar like yes. they've, got a, they've got a cut style so you've got um good chuggy riff you've got the waka waka wow wow the, the, yep, the, yep. the decky bits um, so that's uh joe so hahn who apparently disappears in later albums not leave the band they just don't don't use him <laughs> well he's um, he's kind of more involved in sort of like adding the electronics or atmospherics to most things now mm. um but i think what what interested me listening back to this was how good chester bennington's vocals are and so yeah so when you talk so we talked about new metal as this, this gateway drug whenever you first hear this album it sounds like he's screaming but it's not it's really good controlled clean singing yeah yeah so um, and, and and you can tell because there are times when he does actually scream, and then you think, "Wow, that's actually pretty good." And then, but it's only whenever you get further into metal you can appreciate what he's doing. Whenever you, whenever you've absorbed so many different types of uh, vocal styles over the years. Well, that's it, isn't it? I remember one of the when I first sort of started to get into making my own music. Um, I remember watching sort of like um, YouTube tutorials and things on how to like scream and stuff, and. Uh, there was one in particular that sort of that sort of that sort of half sung half screamed style they they that someone explained it as adding heat to your vocals and i got always yeah. like that's always i was always stuck with me um it's very much a uh, a product of things like soundgarden chris cornell's very good at that um um also like it, it's a very similar sound to yeah chris cornell eddie vedder from yeah, Pearl yeah, Jam, yeah absolutely scott whelan stone temple pilots yeah at, it's almost like a kind of classic grungy American delivery. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that there's a direct influence there on Linkin Park in that that I think that era of grunge music is very important to them. I know in particular that um, they Linkin Park have collaborated with Chris Cornell. There's I've definitely got a cover of uh, uh, I think it's a I think it's a Soundgarden song um, with Chester and Chris Cornell singing. So there's obviously a, a, an influence there, at least. Um, so yeah, it's, and it's, whenever whenever Chris Cornell um, died earlier in this year, uh, certainly like I think Chester had definitely commented on his Instagram at the yeah, time yeah, about no, you know, absolutely about how I cut up he was about it, and obviously Chester took his own life a couple of months later. Yeah, so. which is um, another reason why it's taken us a while to get around to this episode. I think in that. Um, We've wanted to do this for a while, and um, I remember when, obviously, Chester took his life. Um, I remember I th- you, you must have said to me either that day or the, the day after, like, right, I suppose we better do the Linkin Park episode next. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, it's 
Uh, so I absolutely adore this band, and um, yeah, losing Chester was kind of a is a is a bit of a weird one because again, it's a, such an important part of like heavy music for me and my generation. I think that having someone like that, you know, it, go essentially is um, yeah, very very weird to think about. It still doesn't feel particularly real that he's gone but um yeah so uh, sorry to bring this down <laughs> a level right. but it was just one of those things it's like it, uh, personally there's there's a bit of a you know there's there are emotions t- tied to that man yeah and, and i think like speaking so speaking generally about this album one of the things that people often take the piss out of with new metal is like the lyrics are quite emo and it's like you know it is oh, I hate you mom and dad yeah, yeah. my wrists and, and all this kind of stuff it is um, very dramatic but, and over emotional yes I yeah that. but but at this but at the same time this is a guy who you know dealt with depression for most of his life yeah that's and, the thing it's and and and, and i think that that's why i said lincoln park have a certain authenticity to this now it's it's not a subtle way mm-hmm. of describing it you know and no 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 but it's but it's interesting that you know whenever you've got you've got a, a pretty storied history of them releasing albums that are because it's a dark album it's lyrically very dark yeah yeah and you know it it, it it's got a lot of like you know topics like the depression and angst and, and that kind of stuff mm. and um but it's like it, while it was tragic when he took his own life, it's also not terribly surprising if you listen to their music. Well, like the guy, the you know, yeah, <laughs> like and I don't I don't mean that in a you know who cares way no no but you can you can tell it seems kind of obvious in hindsight you can tell there's a troubled man writing these lyrics so yeah Yeah. um i I think i've written in my notes here in particular that the lyrics are not particularly clever but they're very sincere um yes it's almost it's almost the james hetfield school of lyricism (laughs) 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 it's not particularly (laughs) smart but he's quite sincere in what he's what he's saying so um but yeah so you will get that throughout every song on this record in particular um there's there's a negativity to a lot of the the lyricism um a lot of sort of angsty sort of breakup tunes almost you know it sounds like he's uh she's shouting at exes and things um i think that definitely um like i i'd said to jess earlier that um if they if you had if you could sum up hybrid theory in one word it would be skin uh, yeah, sum yeah. Up this <laughs> and um and one word it'd be yeah because <laughs> it's because it, there's a lot of uh me me and you kind yeah, of contrast yeah, yeah, absolutely um yeah i've definitely got those in my notes so don't worry I'll, 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 <laughs> we'll get to me's and you's when i when when, when, <laughs> when i when we get to the songs um but yeah um so that was i suppose a sort of breakdown of the structure of a Linkin Park song, and that is very much right. Yeah, that's it. That's the album covered. So yeah, well, uh, good, good to speak to you. Well, uh, I, you know, <laughs> there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not going to get much variety on this record. Let's put it that way. But at the same time, I do feel like Linkin Park have tapped into their style, and they very much refined, you know, what it is to what a Linkin Park song is, and you you, you basically get a very strong um, chorus on every of every song on this on this album. Um, well outside of forward i guess and maybe um what's the um session isn't it the mr joe Hart scratch song yeah yeah Um, i I think like i mean just to be clear i was being facetious (laughs) and if you have an album where every single song sounds different that's that's a mixtape yeah 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 absolutely that's not that's not a that's not a coherent work that's a that's a greatest hits album of a different of a different grip and that and that's okay and 
I think that that's why this is a good one to cover instead of hybrid theory because if they've nailed the sound and at times they they push it a little beyond what you can do with new metal, but at the same time it does sound like they're they're hitting a wall. They find their they find their groove and that's what's that's what's fun to listen to. Yeah. So then let's move on to somewhere I belong, which is one of this album's singles. Uh, I think it was the first actually. Um, I would say that this song is particularly a sort of extension of crawling of the first album. It's very much in that's very much in line with that, in that it's a it's a sort of a mid-paced, sort of crunchy but catchy song. That's that's sort of elevated by its chorus, um, but it's got that sort of again, it's that that sort of neg- negative vibe to it that's that's very much in, in line with crawling um but yeah i think it's one of the ones that most people remember from this record uh because of obviously its single status um but yeah it's it's a memorable little song i it's you've it's, got you've, it opens with the the classic mike shinoda rap which is yeah in my brain in my mind all the time this is my rap there you go that, that that's it but he's got a very particular delivery like, yeah not, yeah not to say it's bad it's just like it's always got that sort of yeah 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 <laughs> got that guy. he like he likes to rhyme words with say a lot doesn't <laughs> i had nothing to say and i'd get lost in the nothingness inside of me i was confused and i let it all out to find that i'm not the only person with these things in mind god <laughs> but yes it's very much that sort of trade-off between the two isn't it um you you do find that chester sort of especially in the later music uh, he leads vocals basically on his own for an awful lot of the time whereas on the first two records you do sort of see that trade-off between him and uh, shinoda um yeah which is very much sort of indicative of that time of their their career i suppose um but yeah i mean i've got I haven't really got much to say about this, to be honest with you. It's it's one of those songs that's so drilled into my head, you know, that like you can you can play like about five seconds of it, and it's like right, that's that's somewhere I belong, and then off you go, and you start singing along. It's uh, yeah, it's a it's a, it's a rock club banger almost, you know. It's such a staple of the rock club. <laughs> it's got a good uh, it's got a good breakdown in there, the middle. Mm-hmm. They the better goes. I will never know. Yeah, yeah, that's nice. good. Yeah, yeah, nice little, nice, uh, nice little bridge that one. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's um, you know. It, it's hard to look at these tracks because we have heard them so many times. That's it, and, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, that, that's what's that's what that's what's interesting. Like going back to these these classic albums and breaking them down, and thinking, oh, you know, are these are these really good? Are these really classics? But I think, yeah, it's a it's a good, it's a good track. Yeah, it's no. just it almost I don't want to say formulaic, but you know what I mean. I don't think it's the most interesting track. No, no, no. It's it's very much that sort of Linkin Park style by numbers, isn't it? Um, which is no bad thing because you know that's their style, I guess. Like they 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 claim ownership to it, so why the hell not? Um, but yeah, I just uh, I do feel like there's moments on this record which uh, you know just just shine a little bit brighter than somewhere I belong. It's very much your safe sort of album single, I think. Um, so speaking of said 
moments that shine a little bit better. Uh, the next track is Lying From You, which I feel is the album's secret banger. I'd rather be all Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. it's got just I love the riff at the start that oh god so good um, and then the best breakdown of the record as far as I'm concerned with the the very worst part of you is oh, <laughs> <laughs> love that so good oh what a track I love this rap, this song it's such a good one I think it's good one of the definitely one of the catchier choruses on the album yeah yeah no, really cool stuff. Um, oh, I just, I just want to sing like <laughs> with this one. It's a, this, this album in particular. It, it reminds you of so many good like melodies. It, this is the thing we've got to talk about with Chester in particular. Is that he is a really, really strong vocalist. I think he gets better as his career goes on. Um, but at this point, he's still. He, there's, there's some really good melodies. He's got that, like I say, he's got those sort of like those, those grungy sort of uh, heat-led vocals. A lot of the time, which is you know that half song, half scream sort of thing. But when he was, when he vocals are very good too. Yeah, absolutely. He, he there are songs on this album in particular where he just is clean singing, and it's really nice. Just a really strong melody, just really gets to flex his pipes as as a vocalist. And I yeah, think, well, yeah. in this song, he goes from um, he goes from the kind of clean non heat vocals, yeah, straight into it in the chorus, yeah, yeah, and then just before the breakdown, he goes into downright screaming. Yeah, I think that's yeah. a very very impressive vocal range and yeah, really yeah. really polished and good absolutely and this you know he, ma- he maintained that throughout his entire career so like he's obviously you know keeping keeping his voice in check um but yeah it's just one of those things i i, I think line from you is a really fantastic song um one of a, an, an album track that probably doesn't get its due because it obviously didn't come out as a single um but yeah really cool little track that one um, we then lead into Hit the Floor, which I think is probably one of the more metally songs on the album. The guitar work so in particular. All, all bands yeah. at this, uh, all, all bands are contractually obliged to the song called "Hit the Floor" at some point in their careers. Oh my so god! So, but it, yeah, yeah, yeah. God, I didn't even think about that. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, what bizarre thing? Yeah, yeah. We've covered that and all. Um, so, so this one's. Mm, it's, go on. I think. You've, I don't know. You've got thoughts, <laughs> or maybe you don't. <laughs> I do. My thoughts are: oh, this is. So I think fairly, fairly generic trap with these Mike Shinoda rapping man. Yeah, rather get a little bit down. So the that verses stuff. are I very. I think the, the chorus is yeah. interesting. Yeah, yeah. The chorus is is interesting. It's I don't know. Yeah, it's it's more of a, a chant led thing compared to the usual like Chester Bennington Heat chorus, and I think that's interesting. Mm. I just don't know if I'd like it that much. Oh, okay. I, I'm quite a big fan of Hit the Floor. To be honest with you, I like the again. It's that trade off between. Mike and Chester. So in the verses, you get that sort of hip hoppy, rap led sort of thing, and then it sort of opens up for the choruses where Chester takes over and becomes more of a rock song. Um, so yeah, it's. But like I say, I think the guitar work on this one in particular is a little bit more metallic than than some of the things that preceded it. Um, but yes, um, it's it's probably one of those ones that 
I don't think people often come back to too much. Um, it's very much a yeah. That's that's another another Linkin Park song. You know, it's it's that <laughs> that style is on it, isn't it? Um, but that but that's part of it is that this album isn't really about pushing the boundaries of that sound. No, no, it's and, like and that, that, I guess that's where it falls down. Is it's not like well, you know, now we've done hybrid theory. What can we do? It's like we have done hybrid theory. Yeah, yeah. hybrid theory again. <laughs> well, that's um, it. And, yeah, and that's. Yeah. And you get that's we get songs like this. It's like, yep, that was a song. Yeah, yeah. Was yeah. that a bad song? No. Was it an amazing song? No. Yeah, yeah. No, that's <laughs> that's definitely the um, the takeaway thought from that one. I'm afraid. Um, so it's interesting actually because the first four tracks of this album have been pretty much rockers. You know, they've been very sort of mm-hmm. in your face, straightforward. Easier to run, I think, is the first time where you can actually catch a breath. Something has been taken from deep inside of me. A secret I've kept locked away, no one can ever see. Wounds so deep, they never show, they never go away. Like moving pictures in my head for years and years they've played. If I could change, I would. Take the pain, I would. Retrace every wrong move that I made, I would. If I could stand up and take the blame, I would. If I could take all the shame that the grave, I would. Um, it's more of a slower track. It's quite similar to the album Closer, Numb. Um, yep. It's... Very much led by a very catchy, memorable chorus, um, which is in the song title as well. Uh, so yeah, it, w- it instantly comes to mind. So. Yeah, I feel like this one melody ever so slightly stronger. I can I can I can recall it just by looking at the album t- the song title, you know. Um mm-hmm. it's it's a very it's like I say it's one of those very catchy chorus mel- melodies that this album seems to deal with it deal with so well, you know. It's 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 very much that encapsulated very well. So you've got some much softer Chester vocals during the yes, verses. Yes, you do. Yes, and I think, and they're not they're not afraid to do something a bit quieter and electronic that will come to in other songs like Breaking the Habit. But yeah, yeah, I, I like that. It's this to me is one of the signs that maybe there could have been a bit more depth to their sound over time. Yeah, this yeah. gives you an idea of one potential direction in which it could, could have evolved. Yeah, they yeah. ended up not going that way. That's probably something for the the post album discussion. Yeah, yeah. Um, but. I, uh, this is one of the songs I like in the album because it makes me think, hmm, you know, how could this, how could the song develop and be a bit more than just um, a genre that people laugh at? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Because again, it's got like if you got these lyrics tattooed on your on your arm, right? <laughs> Everybody would laugh at you, but there's still a sincerity to them, and these guys deliver them. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I, I think that is very much you know Chester's forte is that he's he, all right. His his lyricism isn't particularly smart or clever, but he's just very sincere. He, he, you know, he's, he's he's got something he wants to say, and he's delivering it in the best of, best of his ability. And it does feel very hot on sleeve. You know, he's he's he believes in what he's saying essentially. So, right, we should move on to track number seven. Uh, so this is Faint, and I think it's safe to say this is probably one of the all-time best new metal songs. Face away and pretend that I'm not, but I'll be here because you're all that I got. I can't um 
a real staple of the rock club, an absolute classic, I think, in my, in my mind. Um, it's so memorable. It's, it's, it's one of the songs that you think of when you think of Linkin Park, as far as I'm concerned. Um, I think this song's probably going to be on the playlist at uh, my wedding. Mm, yeah, God, it's such... It, it it's so synonymous with heavy music in general, not just Linkin Park. I think yeah. like it's it's a it's it's a new metal classic as far as I'm concerned. Um, we we had we had a lot of fun when this one came out in the car earlier. Um, yeah, yeah, and I think if you were I think if you were going to introduce somebody to Linkin Park, you'd definitely put on Faint first, mm, yeah, or at yeah. least in the in the top two tracks that you would play. Um, it's oh, it's it's just a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. So I've got a story about Faint actually about um so. The, the one and only time I've ever seen Linkin Park live was when they headlined Download in 2007. And um, I was, you know, I was f- happy to finally see them. You know, they, at that point, they just released Minutes to Midnight, I think. Um, so it was just on the cusp of them changing their style and things. But it was still very much a, a concert led by their material from the first two records. So I was very happy to finally see that stuff live. Um, I left... Uh, during the encore and I don't know why it was one of those things I'm like why why did you do that you fucking idiot um, so yeah I, I, I decided oh that's the end of the gig so off we go and yeah is as this I, your first gig were no, you unfamiliar with the concert no, I, no it wasn't I don't know why I, I, Jay-Z even rapped with Linkin Park <laughs> explaining the concept of an encore god um, I, th- I don't know I must have been tired or just a bit like out of it because as I was, you know, halfway back to my tent, um, I he- I heard faint start, and I was like, "Are you fucking joking? <laughs> Why have I walked away from Linkin Park and I've missed them play faint?" So um, there we go. <laughs> don't don't walk away during encores, kids. <laughs> oh, because that, that's actually going going back to Australia. One mm. of the things that annoys me here is that um, gigs don't end at eleven. Oh really? Run until twelve. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and because we live quite far out, um, we generally do have to live midway through the, the yeah, performance. Yeah, yeah. That's happened a couple of times now. So, uh, so since Bellacore commented on the the post on Facebook, if you're listening to this, please finish your gig at eleven o'clock <laughs> because some of us live out in the Blue Mountains and it takes us a long time to get home. <laughs> but yes, um, so outside of my my terrible story about walking away from faint um live um i just want to say that faint is a fucking fantastic song one of the best uh on this record um an amazing new metal track um and another fantastic breakdown i love the the whole oh, it's oh, very very out now. <laughs> oh, it's, it's got so a good. really good uh really good riff over it as well oh, yeah really no just just a just an all-around great linkin park track and um you know, one of the defining songs of the new metal era. I think, um, you know, what 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 else can I say about it? If that's not praise enough, I don't know what is. Um, so one other thing I would say about it is, it's really short. This song is only two minutes and forty two seconds long, and this entire album is what's like under forty minutes. It's thirty six minutes and forty three seconds wow. long. Yeah, yeah. This and, and, and I, I looked through most of Linkin Park's albums, and they're all pretty, pretty short. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I like that about them. You know, like there's they, they get, they get to the point. Like I feel like that's kind of their deal. Like they just there's, there isn't too much flowery sort of like pissing around an awful lot of the time with Linkin Park music. It's like right, 
song starting now. Here's the riff, right into the verse, well, into the chorus. Like it, so just you, everything. You think how long? You think about how long a typical so like a lot of punk rock songs come in in about two and a half, yeah, you know, yeah three yeah. and a half minutes. Most metal songs tend to be around four or more yeah, because yeah. you've got that you know verse, chorus, verse, chorus. It's a solo, chorus again yeah, yeah. the end. Yeah, uh, possibly one of those really awkward extended uh, finishing things. Yeah, um, but. These guys just get in and out. Two and a half minutes, done. Um, and I, I think that is what gives this album so much energy. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, that's a very good observation, that one. Um, yeah, no, I mean, I, I want to say that there is there is some sort of a punk influence on there, on their, on them. Like, maybe not so obvious in the actual, like, songs itself, but m- maybe definitely in just the way they deliver their ideas you know they just yeah like it, you say in, in and out the brevity and yeah, the, yeah. yeah not wasting it not wasting your time mm. getting in get to the point leave and, yeah, that's, yeah. and that, that, that's good but I, I couldn't believe the fate was two and a half minutes long it's fine isn't it it's it it it, 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 it certainly leaves a much bigger impact well there you go you know again high praise for <laughs> for fate of linkin park's yeah. 2003 album meteora god um it's yeah it's a it's just a very good track it is um, it is if you if you're listening to this album on a treadmill, you'll definitely put your speed up at least one kilometer an hour because that's what I did. I, there was like my feet weren't moving fast enough to keep up with it. Yeah, <laughs> so really yeah, yeah. No, the the, the, the pace does really step up for faint as well. Actually, I feel I feel like most of the 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 rocking tracks we've had prior to this, I've been just sort of sitting around that mid pace. Maybe maybe not maybe a little bit quicker than something like easy to run, but um, still not sort of touching this tempo. Um, just fake. everything everything about it's full of adrenaline from the, yeah, the yeah. opening little weird violin lip thing and in that um i don't know how you describe it. it it sounds like a it's not quite a drum roll but it's like a really like it, it's like this beat in the background it's yeah, quite yeah. fast it, i do not it, it sounds more rappy than than punk rocking yeah yeah no no i know what you mean yeah 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 kind of beat to it yeah yeah it's um i think that's just makes it interesting and good no absolutely fun fun song fun song great track great track uh we then move on to figure number nine or figure dot is that, oh nine. <laughs> is that, or as i called it earlier today uh lincoln park track number nine <laughs> even though it's track eight um <laughs> so um, <laughs> hey, i don't i don't i don't make the rules <laughs> and now you become a part of me Um, so this one reminds me quite a lot of By Myself from the first uh, album in that there's something sort of like metallic being struck throughout the entire track there's that sort of like ding like someone's hitting like a, a bar against like a, a metallic bin or something like that I don't know um, this is the, just actual, a, the actual riff sounds very similar to One Step Closer yeah yeah so it's this this one is very much vibing on the, you know there's the star from Hybrid Theory um, I always think this one's quite forgettable when it starts but then when the chorus kicks in, I'm like, "Oh, this is actually another great song." <laughs> it's th- that chorus is really fantastic. That whole uh, "and now you've become a part of me" is just really oh, I've like, let myself <laughs> become you. Yeah, God, it, but it, again, <laughs> sticks with you so like heavily. Once you get back into it, it's like, "Ah, oh, yeah, this is a great song. I forgot about this." <laughs> um, and I, I was trying to, I was, I was trying to think about this earlier, and like, it's 
one of the core themes of this, apart from like you know d- depression and, and feeling bleak, is seem, a lot of it does seem to be about identity. Yeah, a bit of a duality thing like, going what, on. Yeah. So what's the you know what's the what's the problem with somebody becoming a part of you? <laughs> just, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's like just a, it's an in, it's an interesting. Because there's that one, and then there's like "Don't Stay" as well, and, and "Lying from You." Yeah, all yeah. these tracks are about inter interpersonal relationships and stuff. Yeah, yeah. and and it's, I guess it's just about relationships breaking down. But I think it's it's in- interesting. Yeah, I mean it, this song in particular as well. Like the breakdown is that whole uh, "Get away from me" thing, and it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, there's obviously some sort of I don't know. There's a, there's been a <laughs> it, it it is very much a sort of pushing someone away from you sort of vibe that he's going for i don't know why welcoming someone into your life to then not want to be sort of intimate sounds because that's what it sounds like it's like he's he's rejecting intimacy almost um which is a bizarre topic for a song about what might be a breakup um but yeah it's just it's it's another one of those tracks where i i feel it's like a hit a bit of a hidden gem on the album um i like I say, when it starts, I think it's oh, you know, I'll skip this one. But once it sort of gets into the chorus, and I remember the melodies and things, um, it's uh, yeah, it's, it's actually one of my favourites on the album. It's good. It's a really good chorus. It mm-hmm. makes up for a fairly, a fairly humble beginning. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking about one of my favourites on the album, the next track is "Breaking the Habit," which I feel like is the only time really where the song structure sort of changes quite dramatically. So it's a it's a more delicate track, but at the same time, the drums in particular are doing something quite interesting in that they're, play, they're basically playing a breakbeat. So it's very sort of it, fa- it sounds quite hip hoppy, um, but it's it's got a pace to it that's quite driving. You know, the whole song is very sort of like pushing you forward the entire time, despite the fact that instrumentation is a little bit more stripped back. Uh, we basically get the vocals are basically given their their chance to shine. I feel like this is one of the better best vocal performances from Chester on the album in particular um, yeah just a really memorable vocal vocal melody on this one um, yeah one of my favourites uh, and a really interesting choice for a single um, because I just I feel like it's it's a little bit against the grain in, in you know the Linkin Park style it's definitely showing a little bit more feathers to their bow almost uh, strings to their bow sorry um Feathers, feathers to their bow. Feathers to their bow. God, it, it, here's me getting the uh, <laughs> the terms of endearment wrong. Um, but yeah, a really good song. Um, and if I remember correctly, as well, one of the one of my favourite music videos as well. So it's actually a, uh, an animated video done by Production IG, a, a Japanese animation studio who are probably most famous for things like Ghost in the Shell and Blood the Last Vampire. That was very. Um very Lewisy. <laughs> um, I think so. A couple of things I think about this one. Um, it is probably the closest this album gets to escaping the new metal trappings. Yeah, yeah. And and I think it's 
it, it's not only one of the best tracks on the album, I think it's also definitely the most interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the pretty much the only lick um, on the album that isn't just power chords. Yep, yep. Um, it's got a really interesting subdued guitar riff. Yep. Um, also, the vocals are, are pretty pretty heat free. Yeah, yeah, a no, more, yeah, a lot more clean, a bit more, bit more vulnerable mm. and, and, and tender. Yep. Um, I, I think it's a, a really really cool track. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's yeah a real, again another one I'd say is probably quite a, a classic of the rock club. Um, I I it's I may I may be a, an emo new metal kid, but but I have, I'm sensitive. <laughs> absolutely, you know. <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, uh, another great single off this record, um, and uh, yeah, one that I remember fondly. Um, next up, we have from the inside, which. Again, is I, I think another secret banger. <laughs> um, oh, you get you, caught. You, you declaring? You're not declaring back half bangers. Oh, I am indeed. I think there's quite a subdued verse in this one, but a nice, nice vocal melody again, very clean. Um, but it's the the chorus, man, is just enormous. Oh mm-hmm. God, uh, the whole it's like a bit more, bit more anthemic. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess like although because the choruses are like something that's like faint is quite because it's so fast paced, it doesn't have the same build up yeah yeah it's just it's it's just like full throttle the whole time that's it yeah, a bit yeah. Different. yeah so you've got you've got that swoop kind of crescendo of emotion and stuff into the chorus it makes it feel a bit bigger and expansive yeah yeah no absolutely um and then there's another fantastic breakdown i think they're really good at like just getting chester to scream something and then right here we go here's a big riff now for you enjoy enjoy having a bit of a mosh i won't waste myself on you Uh, this one's the uh, I won't waste myself on yeah, on <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, there we go. See, like yeah. there's another you <laughs> and me. <laughs> yeah. um, we should do. You know we should do. Yeah, we should do a word cloud for all the uh, <laughs> words. Just, just, do, just be a massive you and a massive me, and probably really small that, skin. That could be the album art for this episode. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just the word cloud. Uh, I mean, it's not it's not a particularly imaginative track. No, no, not at all. But again, it's it it's very much playing to their strengths. You know, they understand what what people want from a Linkin Park song, and I feel like this delivers it. Um, but like you say, it's got a bit more of a interesting lead up to the the chorus in in that you know there's a sort of it's a little bit more delicate, um, subdued in the verses, and then things sort of kick off and give this it give it a bit more a bit impact. More... Yeah, it's a bit it's a bit more stadium rock than yeah. Mosh Pit. Yeah, absolutely. Um next up we get probably the most purely hip hop song on the album, which is Nobody's Listening. Yo, peep the style and the kids checking for it. The number one question is how could you ignore it? We drop right back in the cut over basement tracks with rap stack. Got you backing this up like rewind that. We're just rolling with the rhythm. Rise from the ashes of stylistic division. With these non-stop lyrics of life living. Not to be forgotten, but still unforgiving. Um, I think pretty much Mike Shinoda is in control of most of the lead vocals on this one. 
apart from the chorus where Chester doesn't say it doesn't really say too much actually it's quite a very it's a very simplistic chorus um and uh the title of the song is in the said chorus um but yeah it's very much that sort of hip-hop beat throughout the entire time this sort of almost wu-tang clang-esque like sort of strings to the to the so to the, the melody the beat to me the beat to me is very tribe called quest right okay yeah yeah um who would i'm pretty sure they list them as one of their influences or at least yeah yeah chester does i can't remember when i when i skimmed wikipedia earlier i saw a tribe called quest and i wasn't surprised because i made those those were my part of my gym notes yeah yeah um apart from that not not a, not a massively interesting track no not particularly it's it's very much like here's the throwaway sort of uh more more electronic-y song i guess um but yeah, the lyric like the actual the actual rap lyrics are pretty dreadful. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Here's a here's a here's a sample for you. <laughs> Yo, peep the style and the kids checking for it. Number one question is how could you ignore it? We drop right back in the cut over basement tracks with raps that got you jacking this up. <laughs> what does that even mean? <laughs> well, there you go. Well, um, well Lincoln Park would argue they're just ruling with the rhythm, <laughs> rise from the ashes of stylistic division with these non-stop lyrics of life living. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> yeah. Um, Mike's lyricism is definitely not uh, the strongest of, <laughs> um, on this track, unfortunately. But uh, it's just it's just random shite rhyming with other random shite. It's it's, like, it's, really... it's a lot of like posing, isn't it? It's basically sort of that you know I, I'm a better rapper than you um, type of deal, um, which is uh, obviously not the case. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, it's not. I mean, it's not terrible. No, no. I think he's got an in, he's got an interesting flow. That'll be a, a charitable thing to say, but he, he's got an interesting flow. But doesn't really have much interesting to say. Mm, yeah, yeah. It's kind of like Snoop Dogg in a sense. You know, Snoop, <laughs> Snoop Dogg has Snoop Dogg has amazing vocal delivery of yeah, terrible yeah. things. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm sure Mike would be very happy to be compared to Snoop Dogg, who is probably regarded as one of the all time best rappers. But there we go. Oh yeah. Well, no, no, okay. I'm not, I'm not comparing Mike Schneider to Snoop Dogg. <laughs> I'm just saying, um, uh, just saying, he's got a, he's got a, he's got a much more interesting delivery. Yeah, and he yeah. has in- insightful things to say. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's a fair point to put it. Um, we then get basically an interlude track in the form of session, which is basically Johan, Mr. Scratch DJ, having a show off moment, bit of sort of an electronic sort of mix, I suppose. It's very much a case. It, it mirrors again hybrid theory in that it's almost in the same position as the previous album as cure for the itch which is another song that's basically just johan having a having a good old time on the decks mr is, is cure for the is cure for the itch a, a pun because he's just scratching i think it more than likely is yes okay. <laughs> um <laughs> Again, not particularly smart lyricism from anybody in Lincoln Park. Um, no. In fact, you wouldn't be surprised if it had scratch and, and brackets, would you? <laughs> well, yeah, God, can you imagine? Um, <laughs> yes, yes, I can. <laughs> we get the album closer. So, Numb is the final song on the album, which is a bizarre thing to think that Numb is the final song on the album because it is probably one of the most memorable singles off the record. Every step that I take is another mistake to Um, it is very much yeah, in line absolutely. with something like In The End, I think. It's a little bit more subdued. 
little bit more focus on vocal melodies um hugely memorable vocals from chester on this one um i think you can literally tell you know ask someone oh have you heard an by lincoln park and they can instantly have the chorus stuck in their head um this must have been a single right yeah it is a single yes it is um which is like i say it's just it's weird that it's the last song on the album and it was released as a single you know that's not it's not something that you often see the last song on any album is usually winding down time you know so um and I do feel like this one does ever so slightly wind down. It's more of a mid-paced track, but at the same time, it's still quite a rocker. There's, there's, you know, the the, the guitars are definitely still that sort of um, power chord bass to them. Um, but yeah, it's it's again, it's another it's another staple of Linkin Park's back catalogue. I think it's one of the songs that they're most known for. Um, guess guess how many views the video for Numb has on YouTube? You know, I'd look. Just know, guess. Ten million. Six hundred and ninety million. Fucking hell! Whoa! Yeah, it's 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 this is big time Linkin Park song. Yeah, it's uh, it's definitely one of the one one of the most defining tracks in their back catalogue. Absolutely. I think I think yeah. I, I don't have I don't have much more to add on that. Like it's a good radio friendly big song. Nice lyrics. Yep. Yep. Good. Um. All, all very nice. Very nice. <laughs> um. A nice conclusion. So one thing, maybe, to, yeah, maybe yeah, one yeah. thing we should talk about is that after um, I'd listened to Numb in the Car today, I listened to um, the Collision Course, um, Numb, Numb Encore mashup. How do, we, <laughs> how do we feel about Collision Course, which was a, um, a remix album, a collaboration between Linkin Park and, and Jay Z? It's one of the few Linkin Park albums I don't own, which should give you enough, oh. <laughs> which should give you enough indication of how I feel about that record. Doesn't do much for me at all. It's, I uh, think it's not yeah. as good as um, it's not as good as the the best Jay Z mashup album is uh, Chrono Jigger, which is uh, mashed up with the Chrono Trigger soundtrack. <laughs> which um, if you if you <laughs> which if you haven't heard, is really amazing stuff. Oh my god, um, I can listen to that after this. That sounds amazing. Uh, it's 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 very very fun. <laughs> um, but I think it's it's interesting because um, I wouldn't say that Hybrid Theory was a massive like mainstream push but meteora probably is yeah it's yeah. a bit more it's a bit, bit more pop friendly and and i think that's why you can get a jay-z mashup into it and then one of the things uh, so to, to summarize i think we both quite like this album yeah 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 definitely i think it's i think it's a lot of fun it is um, I, that, think I think probably i think it's probably an all-time new metal classic absolutely um, yeah i don't know if it would ever be in my favorite albums of all time but it's uh but it's a lot of fun yeah yeah no absolutely it, it's it, it look it, it 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 does it comes what it needs to do and it just gets it done with and like yeah, i say all the all the good, songs are encapsulated very you know succinctly they they have a, a clear message that they want to sort of deliver with each song they get it done. It's it's just fun. The whole the whole time, every every song on this record, it's it's a the the structure is like you say quite similar, but it's it's big choruses is very much the focus of this album, and uh, there's so many melodies and riffs and just it's it's so memorable. Like you you can't uh, it, it's difficult to listen to this record and not come away and think like you've got you know certain songs stuck in your head it's just they, they'll always stick with me it's it's such a well well made record you know? yeah good, absolutely it's good car it's good car metal mm, you absolutely know, can you play dream theater in the car no, no yeah. you can't. can you play us in the car yeah you can yeah yeah, yeah you can Every, everybody gets a chance to sing along when you listen to meteora so it's just yeah it's uh, it it is 
such a classic of the new metal era as far as I'm concerned. I think it's a really, really strong album from Linkin Park. And like I say, it, it really does mark the end of their metal roots, I guess. Um, because from this. So let's talk. Yeah, yeah. So maybe we should. So let's guess each other's favorite tracks. Then we can talk a bit about the. Um, like what happened to Linkin Park afterwards, which we keep quick. Um, and then we can talk about some, some further listening, which is. Uh, I think you're probably going to be disgusted by my choices, but that's okay. So, <laughs> All right, go on then. Hmm, so what's so what's your favorite track? I mean, I'm tempted to just say that Faint is probably your favorite, um, but I don't know if it is. Yeah, it's got to be, hasn't it? And I feel like that's yours as well. Oh yeah, of course it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's the best track. That's um, that's the right answer. I, I I wanted to say Line from You. <laughs> I think it's a fucking fantastic song, and it, and, I, and I always want to kind of pick album tracks over singles and stuff. But Faint is just a classic. It's such. A modern classic, <laughs> as far as you know, the modern metal goes. Um, it, yeah, I, I, I challenge anybody who likes heavy music to not like Faint. I think it's a fantastic song. It's so memorable. I don't know. There's a lot, there's a lot of snobs out there who would probably, uh, you know, to, would, would say they didn't like it for ah, the sake of being contentious. But it's, fuck it's off. very funny. <laughs> if you, yeah, if you don't like it, there's there's something wrong with it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's such I a think, great I think the best pop metal non-single song. track. The best non-single track probably is Lying from You. Yeah, because um, I think the other really good track. Like for me, would be breaking the habit, which is also a single. Yeah, breaking the habit's fantastic as well. And I, and like I said, I really like Figure Nine as well. I think it's a really great track as well. But it, yeah, there's, there's, I'm gonna, I could do this all day. There's every time I go back to certain songs, it's like, oh, you know, that was a really strong chorus, or that was a really good melody. I like the riff in that. I like the breakdown in this one. There's so much of that on this album. There's. So what do you think's the best track of Hybrid Theory? Best track of Hybrid Theory is either, um, I've a place for my head. Um, or by myself, I think is my favourites. Because mm. I, I do, I am partial to Paper Cut. I think that's just a really fun opener. Yeah, it's one of the best. Op- it's it, one of the best opening tracks it's ever. A, it's a great track. But I just feel like, um, like melodies and choruses. I just feel like for for me personally, I think a place for my head and, and by myself really sort of have stuck with me a lot more. I think Paper Cut's mm. a little bit wishy washy. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, and I wouldn't. I, as much as One Step Closer is regarded a classic of the new metal era, I've actually always found it quite annoying. I don't know what, what it is about that yeah. song. It's just, I, I don't know. Maybe it's overexposure to that bit, one. It's a wee bit. It's a wee bit too emo on the nose. Mm, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, the shut up when I'm talking to you breakdown. Yeah, well, I just think it's a bit. It's a bit too obvious. Yeah, there's crawling for that as well. God, that's that's definitely yeah. one of the most sort of atypical. I hate my parents songs. But yeah, there you go. Um, <laughs> so, so moving on to the legacy of Linkin Park. Now, in preparation for this, um, I kind of went through some of the other albums, and we put on um, a thousand suns, and listened. I didn't have time to listen to every single album, so we put on the track "The Catalyst." Yeah. And after about thirty seconds of this, I turned round to to Jeff, and we're just going to give each other this this look. I don't know if it was like despair or confusion, but we just wondered what the hell we were listening to. Right. And I, I think with most, I mean, most of their albums. Apart from perhaps the hunting party, mm. everything after Meteora, I'm like, what the hell is this? Right, is okay, this? okay. How can this? How can this be? How can this be the the same band? This seems like a different universe. Yeah, yeah. No, they do. They do get quite impulsive on the ne- on every album, sort of post Meteora, in that they obviously decide, okay, let's let's change our style to this, and then that becomes the theme for that record. Is they've now got a new sound for that one particular record. Um, I think. A Thousand Sons is a weird anomaly in that you can't really just listen to singles off it. 
it is a concept record and I do feel like you do actually need to hit it as an album more than certain songs because it works as one cohesive piece more than it does in particular uh, specific songs which is obviously at odds to the, the, the normal Linkin Park structure which is a very much a singles band um, mm-hmm. A Thousand Sons is not like that at all you do need to listen to that album front to back to really sort of appreciate what they're doing with it It, like I say it's a, it's a concept record that is very much a you know a mainstay of that type of music um but yeah it's it's a it's a weird one let's put it that way uh there's lots of sort they're of all they're all just they're all just so surreal if you if you slice into them because it because i've got apple music and mm. so it highlights the top tracks with a little star yeah yeah they, so, so so for example living things so the the itunes editors notes lincoln park returns to its roots and living things and first of all perhaps it should be returns to their roots <laughs> um but it's like Expansive guitar and, and and rap and stuff, but then I listen to the tracks. Like, what is it? It's more of an electronic rock album. That one. It's yeah, it's, it's quite like, heavy. How is this? Yeah. How is this returning to their roots? Yeah. Uh, I mean, just, I think oh. in the actual song structure, I think that album in particular does do a little bit more of a, a a service to their their earlier stuff. In that there are there are obvious songs there. There are singles. You know, it's a very much a verse chorus verse chorus it's pop song structure lots of memorable melodies in that one but the actual style of the music in particular is more electronic led um and even when there are guitars there there's they've been sort of like churned through some sort of mach- like machine that makes them weird and electronic sounding it's yeah it's it's a weird you record make, you make an amp <laughs> well <laughs> it's not just a straightforward <laughs> there's an effect to it there's something going on there um, a whole board of them um, no i know what you, i know what you mean um because so whenever we talked about what Lincoln Park album we're going to do, you suggested the Hunting Party, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but you said something like, um, "Oh well, they they said that this was this is the album they always wanted to do. You know, this is this is what they always intended Hybrid Theory to be." And I was I was I was almost annoyed. I was like, "That's bollocks!" No, no, the album so, they intended to make was was Hybrid Theory. They're <laughs> just trying to sell their new one so, and, and get the old fans like, "Come back, guys, come back!" I know the past three albums <laughs> after this have been bizarre, but oh, we're back again. It, the, the hunting party. I remember reading an interview in particular that said that they wanted the hunting party to be what what they make hybrid theory in the current. You know what? How they'd make hybrid theory now, essentially. So it's like, right, this is this is a modern Linkin Park album, but this is you know our attempt at making a heavy guitar album as adults, essentially, instead of being kids. Um, and yeah, I, I get that to a degree. It's not a metal album, I say. I think there's more of a punk influence on that album in particular in, in, yeah. the, in the song structure uh, and the guitar work. Um, and it's actually... Some interesting tracks on it. Like, Guilty All the Same is pretty interesting. I like that they got, uh, they got Rakim in, who's, like, actually a good rapper. Yeah, rather yeah. Than <laughs> just Shinoda. It was, again, I, that, that song never really clicked with me when I first listened to it. But when I, when it, in the context of the album, there's I, I, I like it a lot more. I, again, I, I just... It's a little bit more interesting, like uh, song structure-wise. They're not as they're not as atypical. Here's your chorus, here's your verse. You know, um, there's some really bizarre stuff going. On. I really like War off the album. That is just a straight up punk, a hardcore mm-hmm. punk song. Um, yep. I think Rebellion is a fantastic song. You can really hear Darren Malakian's influence on that one quite quite a lot. It is very much a a weird sort of semi system of a down song. Um, really cool little track that one. Um, there's some big singles on it as well. Uh, Final Masquerades, a, a really memorable single. Um, I think 
even though it's not a single, Keys to the Kingdom is another one that's just a really good opener, actually. I think it's a really strong melody on that one. Um, I think maybe maybe one of the problems with Linkin Park is that after two albums, like, oh, shit, you know, we better start saying something a bit more profound. Yeah, yeah. Like, I remember seeing the video for What I've Done, which I thought was hilarious, because, like, is the atom bombs going off. Yeah, yeah. Space shuttle disasters, and then also Linkin Park in the desert. I mean, one of those things is considerably less epic and important yeah, than the yeah. others. Yeah, no. But um, I think because they don't have the... They don't have the lyrical insight. <laughs> well, <that> yeah, <laughs> it always it comes across as like ham, ham, ham microphone. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. I think um, that album in particular does feel a little bit pretentious as well. Um, midnight. Yeah. yeah, it's it's a weird one. It's more like an indie rock record. There's a couple of moments where it gets heavy. Given up's a really just a stompy, heavy like metal metal song, and uh, no more sorrow is another one that's very sort of uh, in that vein as well. Um, but yeah, a lot of that album I think is probably one some of the most forgettable work. Um, and what about and what about um, one more light? So their last album, then, eh? Um, well, well, that will be uh, par for the course, I guess. Um, I don't know whether they're going to continue or not. Um, uh, as of recording, last night was the Chester Bennington tribute show that they did at the Hollywood Bowl, um, featuring lots of guest vocalists and things. So they're obviously not adverse to still playing live, but I don't know whether they're going to actually continue making more music. But One More Light basically I mean, is, I, I, is a strange send-off. Um, it's very much that atypical... Their, their, their songwriting is very much of them. They've, they've definitely got a pop song structure to their, in, their entire back catalogue. That, that definitely permeates their, in, their entire career. They do like writing pop music. And with One More Light, that is very much clean cut. You know, this is a pop album. There's, the instrumentation is a lot more subdued. There is a lot more actual sort of it's typical electronic like pop music production to it it's it features people like kira and stormzy and stuff you know it's it's, it's very much a a push for a mainstream audience um i don't know if it's selling out as much because they've always been a big selling band i don't know if that's that really a I so could really regard I, it as sold out. But. I'm always I'm always reluctant to use the phrase selling out yeah. unless it's a uh, Green Day, who you're definitely sellouts. Mm. Um but <laughs> just, just uh crap. <laughs> like we said to stop being stoners and start being serious. It's yeah, all yeah. farcical. But um okay, so the problem I have with Lincoln Park doing pop music is that everybody does pop music, that's what makes it pop music. And if I wanted to hear Stormzy, I would listen to some Stormzy. Yeah, yeah. Which no. I have done. It's not really my cup of tea. Mm. Feel like that, fair play to you. But we need we need Linkin Park to do rock music because they're a rock band. Because if everybody does crappy electro pop, then that's all we've got. Yeah, we're yeah. in a situation in mainstream music right now where uh, absolutely everything in the radio is this kind of weird EDM pop light stuff or or just hip hop. Yeah, yeah. No, that's uh, fair. Or, I think- or, uh, and even like even traditional R and B doesn't really exist in the same way anymore. It is all just. Very similar style of rap. Um, yeah, we, yeah. we watched this video um, the other day on Vox about uh, this triplet rapping. Right, okay. Just like, dude. Oh, right, okay. There's, there's a clip of Snoop Dogg la- like, basically laughing at these guys who all have the exact same flow. Right, and I see, yeah, yeah. M- music is becoming more homogenous over time. Pop music is becoming more homogenous over time. We need bands like Linkin Park to come and shake things up right. and to get people into to metal. And yeah, and that's why it's been like, oh. You know, where's where's the next where's the next generation's hybrid theory or meteora? Yeah, you know? no, that's fair, that's fair. But then again, like Linkin Park are no longer that band anymore. You know, like, yeah, I'm not that, saying yeah, yeah. I'm not saying it has to be them. I just yeah, yeah. Perhaps, uh, perhaps I wish wish they were. Yeah, <laughs> that's no, all. that's that's a perfectly reasonable conclusion. I think 
Uh, One More Light in particular is obviously a little bit more profound now because lyrically you can definitely hear um, a lot of Chester's sort of suffering and just his own sort of battles with his mind, I guess, um, quite heavily on his lyricism. I think it's an outstanding vocal performance from him on this album, actually. Like, regardless of the fact that the music isn't particularly what you would regard Linkin Park <laughs> um, it, I think he's, he, does, he does put an outstanding vocal performance in he does, it does definitely sounds like he believes in what he's singing um, and he always has to be honest I think that's one of his strengths is that regardless of what's going on musically Chester Bennington is a pretty decent constant yeah, I mean, you know he's, I'm definitely I'm definitely not saying they're, they're sellouts because I think no absolutely they have to, re- no, no, no. They have to record the kind of me- I think it's sincere music that they want to record yeah that's yeah. difference between them and Green Day yeah, yeah. I think Green Day are doing it to make lots and lots of money yeah yeah no, um, it is uh, it is that is definitely Linkin Park's yeah. MO is like right look what what music do we want to stand behind for this album tour because we've got to play it every night you know and um, I respect that in a weird way like it's alright yes it definitely sort of works against what where they've come from but at the same time at least they believe in what they're doing you know like that that's as anybody who makes music or does anything creatively you've got to believe in what you're doing otherwise what's the point um and they've so far managed to make that work for is it seven albums now one two three four five six seven yeah so um whether we'll see more from them i don't know um I can't. I, I can't. I can't I mean, imagine I, uh, a world where Chester Bennington is not the lead vocalist of Linkin Park. But yeah, I don't. I don't. I don't think. I think they should go do another band. Yeah, I. I, I think I'd, I'd. I'd much prefer it if they did the the Lost Profits route of like all the members just went and did something else with a different vocalist and called it a different name. That was, and that, that, was that. So yeah. That, I mean, that was that was. <laughs> Slightly different circumstances. Well, yeah, understandable. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. A, it's not a, not a real comparison that one, but yeah, at least yeah, there's a bit of difference yeah, between yeah. yeah, your vocalists dead and your vocalists uh, a pedophile. Well, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so there's a pretty big, pretty big gap there. But at least you know, there's a comparison at least in the the way that the the they evolved into a different band beyond that. So I think that should, yeah. I think you're right. That should be the next step is if they if these guys do want to continue a career in music i feel like they should be a different band with a different vocalist instead of just linkin park 2.0 you know um so So clearly at about linkin park 6.0 by the stage because they've changed so much anyway well that's it isn't it you know like you know and stay you know the same continued it's not it's arguably you know it's still going to be different yeah yeah again so And, and they're the same lineup you know for pretty much their entire career um the, i mean the only real exception is that uh, dave farrell their longtime bassist wasn't on hybrid theory um and but, but then like from meteor onwards it's been the same lineup you know it's bizarre um so yeah weird. i mean fair play to them they've they've done what they wanted to do and they've been very successful at it so you know who am i to judge at the end of the day oh, yeah. <laughs> um <laughs> So there we go. That was uh, Meteora by Linkin Park. Um, let's do some recommendations then. Further listening. Okay. For, uh, you, do yours, you do yours first. You okay. Yours first. So um, I'm going to pick two songs, I think. Uh, two, Sorry, two albums, um, which I think are very traditionally new metal. And I feel like if you like new metal, you'll like these records. Um, sounds like Alan's gone for a different route. So uh, that should be interesting. Mm, um, not quite. Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> so my first one is, uh, well, I would have you know you would have heard this recommendation before if we hadn't lost the episode it's a uh, garugamesh's monster um which i feel is probably a modern new metal classic um 
Garuga Mesh yeah. have sadly now split up, but they were, as far as I'm concerned, the last bastion of new metal. Um, the monster comes from 2011, I think, and it is just hit after hit after hit. Very much that sort of electronic um, fusion of metal um, that you you sort of get with Linkin Park, um, but very much taken to to extremes. I'd say Garuga Mesh are a bit of a heavier band. Uh, the that when when yeah, when perhaps. when yeah. the when the songs sort of step up a bit, they are definitely more of a metal band than they are um, a rock band. Which I think Linkin Park definitely lean more towards the rock side of uh, heavy music than the metal side. I think I think what's interesting is that they kind of fuse metal with dubstep in the same yeah, yeah. way that um, Linkin Park fuse metal with with hip hop. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. So it's it's very much that sort of line of thinking, but on a modern metal record. Um, but yeah. Hugely catchy, uh, really memorable record. Lots of just Garuga Mesh are totally a singles band, and um, yeah, I would highly recommend uh, that album in particular. Uh, the other one is again another sort of genre fusion thing, very much in the new metal style, but not hip hop. Um, so I'm going to choose uh, Roots Rock Riot by Skindred. Uh, Skindred can sort of uh, they fuse rock and metal with um, basically reggae essentially so that's kind of their um avenue um so you get that sort of dancehall style jamaican influence on a lot of their music but at the same time it's very intense very sort of heavy and catchy and i just think roots rock riot is an album with singles there is not a bad song in that album as far as i'm concerned i think i'd like to do it for the podcast at some point because it's one of my absolute favorites um and it's unique you know nobody else sounds like skindred um in the in the same way that nobody sounds like linkin park so I've, I mean, I've yeah. never really got into them, so we should uh, we should definitely put that on the yeah. the big spreadsheet of episodes. That yeah, we absolutely. Never actually use, but we do if we run out of ideas. Yeah. There's, a good, uh, there's a good year's worth in there. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so your recommendations then? So these um, recommendations are not tongue in cheek; they are deadly serious. Okay. Um, so the the first one is Disturbed with uh, Asylum. Okay. Now, Disturbed get a bad rap, and I think um, that is because they are meat headed and a bit silly. Mm-hmm. But Asylum is a genuinely good metal album. Okay. Um, and I get this is, so it's their, not their latest album. Their latest is um, Immortalized. Okay. Which is a really bad record that has a <laughs> cover of, it's got a cover of um, the, the Sound of Silence by Simon and Garfunkel. Oh, God. And it's got a, it's got a song about smoking weed called Fire It Up, which <laughs> is, is like, you Needs to be needs to be heard to be believed. Like, you know <laughs> how boneheaded can a band be? Um, Asylum is a 2010 album and is very very good. It's got a couple of excellent tracks like a Crucified and Serpentine and Innocence. Really fun bangers. David Raymond's vocals are better than you'd expect, and I just think it's a lot of fun. And it's a it's another one of these gateway albums. Okay, okay. So, and Disturbed were one of these bands lumped on the big Wikipedia new metal list. Yeah, yeah, no, but absolutely. They've, they've, they've come a long way from the the sickness. Um, this, cat, yeah. catchy riffs, interesting delivery. I think it's a really fun album, Asylum. Okay, well, um, I'll, I'll so give that a go. Even though Disturbed do absolutely bugger all for me, but there you go. <laughs> well, get, get, it, it's yeah, you might you might you might not be surprised, but I think it's uh, it's does a lot of interesting stuff. Okay, cool. Go for um, it. So the other album is um, one that I listened to when I was about sixteen years old, and it is Papa Roach with Love Hate Tragedy. Why Love Hate Tragedy over like because, Infest? Uh, Okay, because everybody's heard in Fest. Okay, all right, yeah, no, that's that's fair. Like, I get the connection there to Meteora. At and least, yeah. and I think it's and I think it's interesting because where Lincoln Park 
did the same thing and it went totally off in a, in, in a myriad of weird directions yeah um, Pamper Roach did a, a second album that's a lot less new metally and a bit more rock and roll. Okay, and I think it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a really fun record. It's got some good tracks on it. I, I don't I, think I, I've I, ever I, listened I, to it I, in its entirety. I know the single, which I think was "She Loves Me Not," wasn't it? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's, I mean, am I gonna you know, stand up and defend it in a PowerPoint presentation? <laughs> um, no. Um, I just, I don't know, I've got a soft spot for it. No, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I've, I, I've, I got, a, it when I was growing up I've got a soft spot for Infest, so absolutely, I can I can get behind that. Oh, in, in oh I've, got, I've got a soft spot for Infest as well, <laughs> but I think Love Here Tragedy is an interesting record okay. that um, deserved more publicity than it got, and I think it just came at the, the new metal saturation point. It's yeah, a fun yeah. album. There um, we go. Questionable yeah. cover, questionable cover of a... A baby throwing the horns. Giving, yeah, giving the horns yeah, God, the, I remember that now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> total, total low effort job. <laughs> Dear oh, me. So that was us. Um, that was we'll us. We'll be back again. We'll be back sooner rather than later, hopefully. Yep. Um, now that I'm set up on my new digs down under. Good, good. So that's been us. Um, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. That apparently helps. It does. Um, apparently, I mean, you have to do it or else you're in trouble. But um, <laughs> the main way that we get listeners and the main way we feel gratified by doing this is uh people reaching out and supporting us so do tell your friends um follow us on twitter facebook give us a shout that's always appreciated yep um you can arguably follow me on twitter at ag bear you can arguably follow me (laughs) you can definitely follow you at sonic yoda yep uh, and you can follow us um, on pretty much all the social medias via at Cast Instagram's Show. a good one. Instagra- Instagram's yeah. a good one. Because, We've been enjoying um, Instagram quite a lot, so please do follow us on, on, on Instagram. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah, we're on Facebook and Twitter, obviously, at Cast Iron Show on both. So please um, give us your support. Um, please recommend recommend us some records. We we don't really hear much from, from, yeah. pe- from listeners as to what they'd like to hear us uh, cover. So... Um, I'd like to hit to, to see more of that if if you could. So please, please do. I want to hear people's guilty pleasure new metal album. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Out there yeah, that yeah. Unapologetically, like disturbed. <laughs> apart apart from their cover of the Sound of Silence, which is absolutely dreadful. <laughs> is it as dreadful as their cover of Land of Confusion or whatever it is by Genesis? Worse, far worse. Okay, okay, interesting. Yeah. <laughs> now I want to hear it. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. <laughs> All but right, yes, I think on that note, we will see you next time. Indeed, see you later.